Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey guys, just wanted to give you a quick heads up before we start this week's episode. We discuss an article and the discussion kind of leads to the miscarriage topic. We know this is very heavy for a lot of you and can be a trigger if you've had to deal with this. Um, So we just want to be really sensitive to that um, and just kind of give you a warning that we do talk about miscarriage in this episode. We are planning to dedicate an entire episode of Anchor Moms to this very important topic down the road. So we'll let you know when that's available, but just wanted to give you that warning before we start today. From the newsroom to the nursery. We're juggling a demanding career on live television with the demands of motherhood. I'm Katie. I'm Karen. And I'm Ingrid. They are Anchor Moms. Hey guys, welcome back to Anchor Moms. We hope you're having a a good day. Thanks for joining us. Um... Uh, you had a little bit of a uh, actually when you told me this kindergarten drama story mm-hmm. I laughed out loud and I said can we please talk about this on the podcast oh I haven't heard this oh you haven't heard um, it? okay one. so listen um, we our daughter is four um, and so she'll start kindergarten next fall but you guys it's February I know right feels like that's a long way away right um, but we had to go to a kindergarten meeting for the school district where we live. Mm-hmm. Was it mandatory or not mandatory? Not mandatory, but, you know, helpful. Right. Um, so, and I'll get to that in a little bit more in a second. But, you guys, first of all, we had to hire a sitter. For who? For all of our kids. Because it was oh, a two-hour meeting. Oh, you couldn't bring the kids with you? Well, you could bring, like, this the said rising kindergartner. But I didn't think it would be appropriate to also, like, drop off my three-year-old. Oh, and here's the baby, too. And it was, like, on know? a random Tuesday or Wednesday, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So, like, you had to get a babysitter on a random weekday. Yes, to go to a meeting. Ugh. Anyway, mm. so I was already kind of in a bad mood about it. So we get there, and I, I cannot um, describe. So we walk into this school where the meeting is going down. You know those, like, times in life, like, you know, you kind of prepare for certain things in life. And I just, I don't think I was prepared to, like, think about starting school. Right. Like, it's kind of a big thing, It does right? feel very momentous, like a sort of an yeah. out-of-body, here I am walking into a meeting about kindergarten. Right. And she's right. four. Anyway, so we walk in, and there's a ton of people there, and I feel like everyone's staring at us, which I'm sure they were, but it was just like, in my head, I was like, I, I I was like breaking out in hives. I was like, what was Gregory doing? Uh, Same. Same. We both just felt kind of very out of place, like, oh my gosh, it's a big deal. So here's the other thing. Um, the way it works where we live in Asheville in the city, there's six different magnet schools that you pick. You write down like your first, second, or third choice, and then it's a lottery system, and you get one. So it's not like a thing where you just go to the neighborhood school where you're zoned. Sure. Which is weird to me. I wasn't familiar with this type of thing, which is, is cool, whatever. But So anyway, so then the course of the evening, you learn about each of the six schools, and you meet like the PTO, the principal, learn about their theme. So each one has a specific thing, like ecology or arts and humanities or STEM or whatever. And they're, like, trying to get you in. 
Like, they, like, want you. They're, like, lobbying for you? Yes. So, like, one school is like, we have the best drop-off line there is. Like, we have the easiest drop-off process. Like, it's so great. <laughs> and then another school is like, we have the best field trips. You should see the field trips we take these kids on. Like, we ha- we go to the best places. You know, then another one's, you know, well, we have the best outdoor scene. We have oh. the best gardens. You know, oh. we teach them gardening and this. We have three mm. outdoor classrooms, blah, 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 blah. Wow. Anyway, it was hilarious because they felt like everyone's, like, just trying to get you. It was it was a lot of pressure. It like was it a was hard very, sell. They were they were yeah, selling. Yeah, yeah. They're, and it's like, oh my gosh, that well, yeah, that does seem really cool. Oh well, that seems cool. Seems <laughs> oh well, I love that principal. Like oh, I don't know what what are we gonna do? And then like the PTO aspect, it just felt like a lot of pressure. It was just like a big yeah. deal. And then all these schools are like trying to get you, and it's very competitive. Like it was just a bit like. Did you make a decision? It was a lot. No. Okay. <laughs> are you gonna Which, talk to Ella Ray about what? She wants well, so or here's is the that... other thing. Like, obviously, we have three young kids, so you know, I'm not going to pick a school based on her likes because right. a she's four and they could change tomorrow, and b we've got two other kids. I'm not going to send them to different schools. Yeah, right. So you know, to me, it's less about like the theme, and they like they they learn the same things in every school. It's just like what the focus and emphasis is on. So it's less about um, what's best for your child and what's more convenient to you. No, I'm kidding. Well, <laughs> in some ways, but that's the other thing too. I'm like, well, why? Like, we have two schools a mile from our house exactly. why would we go to another part of the I mean, city I would and complicate things oh right. 100% any day of the week yes mm-hmm. also I mean she's this is kindergarten this is a lot of pressure Am it is now you know why I was so anxious and like yeah. well you did a good job it sounds like I'm, I'm but I don't know. We, we gathered the information but wait here's what I really want to know did you take advantage of that babysitter and go get a drink um, yes, clearly. Oh, when we got done, I was like, we need a minute to sit and digest this and talk through this. So let's go grab a bite, a beer, and like kind of kind of figure yeah, this out. Very yeah. important Good. to do that. Um, so this leads right into our first story of the day. From the news desk. How to give little boys the best start at big school. Um, so this is from Kinderling. And I didn't really realize this until recently. But a lot of boys get held back before they start kindergarten because they are developing slower than girls. Um, and it had never even occurred to me, really, um, until our preschool asked us, like, oh, well, aren't you going to hold Henry back because he's a boy? And I was like, oh, no. I didn't know that was a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that a thing? It is a thing. And we have friends who, who have done it. This article, I thought, was very helpful in going through some different things um, reasons why boys are behind. And and this says, research has shown that that is true. Significant number of boys are either 6 to 18 months behind girls. So it goes through some of the reasons why they're behind. And then it also talks about some of the things uh, that you should think about when making this decision and how to kind of handle that transition to kindergarten, which obviously is on our minds uh, right now. So I I thought it was very helpful. Um, And it had some good tips and some good things to kind of think about as you go through this. Um, is that something that, like, have you thought about with Hartman, whether you're going to hold him back or not? Um, I, I mean, I don't think I would just because he has a spring birthday and, mm-hmm. and he's like, he's very uh, big for his age. So he like kind of oh, looks, true. he looks yeah, like yeah, the yeah. older kids. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of it is developmentally. A lot of times boys don't develop as quickly as girls, but for him, maybe it would be okay. That being said, you know, obviously his behavior or his academic level would Definitely play a factor. He's still three, so I'm not going to worry about it. Right, right. But in general with this article, I really like it and I appreciate it as the mother of a boy who is very rambunctious. Um, he yeah. can't sit through He can't sit through a meal. Mm-hmm. He just can't mm-hmm. do it. It is so hard for him. 
it's even hard for him to sit through a TV show mm-hmm. without getting up, not to even do anything specific. He yeah, just but just like, even to, like jumping on the sofa or like moving around. Oh, he's constantly yeah, jumping yeah. on the sofa, and we just allow that because I think that you have to give them an outlet, an avenue for that um, uh, f- that feeling of fidgeting. Mm-hmm. And and this article talks about some tips as well, like to teach them how to tap their foot mm-hmm. or how to you know move their fingers a certain way to, to kind of scratch that itch, if you will. Um, and what I hope is that the teachers are being educated on how to manage girls versus boys. Mm-hmm. Like, are they getting that sort of education? I'm I would sure think we have so. a lot of mom yeah. mom listeners out there or teacher listeners out there who can tell us, but. Here's my thing is I don't want my boy child to be labeled as like a bad kid mm-hmm. because he might be the one who stands up during lunch. It's like, well, mm-hmm. oh, oh, you know, Sam's always standing up during lunch. You need to be better at controlling right. him. And it's like he's a he's a little boy and he mm-hmm. might need to stand up sometimes. Sure. And, yes, you can remind him to not do that, but maybe give him an outlet mm-hmm. to express mm-hmm. that. Yeah. So he doesn't get in trouble. Well, I feel like every single thing they mentioned in this article, I'm like, yes, yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes, and yes. Mm-hmm. Like, it just makes sense now when they talk about the reason behind it. You know, boys um, get confused or frightened. They become When they get confused or frightened, they become angry and aggressive. Right. Like, Henry lashes out a different way than Ella Ray does. Um, and so it just it made me feel better because it kind of gave me like a reason you know, and like you know made me feel better. Do you know about what my it. favorite part about this article was? Which I know one? what you're saying. Um, the poop. <laughs> yeah, like yes. When they were when they talked about how boys don't poop during the day. I have a relative who shall remain nameless, but when we were kids, mm-hmm. he would have to if he had to poop at school. He had to get completely undressed, like naked, mm. and <laughs> go to the bathroom. And it's just funny. You see this. Obviously, there's some sort of you read this article and mm-hmm. you realize there's like psychological reason, yeah. stuff behind that. But I remember thinking that was the craziest thing. Someone told me the other day yeah. that this kid had to be picked up from school. They would call mm-hmm. the, they would call their mom. They would pick them up so they could go home and poop, and then would, oh, and then come back. Then would come back to school. And a big thanks to our sponsor, Wilderness at the Smokies. Plan your spring break getaway today. Mom's the word. This is an idea that I actually got from Ingrid before I was even pregnant. I went over to watch Hartman for whatever reason. This was a couple of years ago. And he had a chef stand. Do you guys mm. know what that is? Chef's I mean, helper. A chef's helper? Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, whatever yes. Whatever you want to call it. Yes, it's yes, a stand. Yes, yes. Yeah. So it's this stand that you can push up to your counter. And I mean, it's better than, I mean, you could push a chair up to your counter and they could stand on it. But this feels safer. It's it is enclosed. Safer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It has um, a little rail around it. It has a little rail yeah. around it. You can get it. Uh, I've seen them at Target. I actually got mine off Etsy. But you could you could literally get them a million different places, a lot of different price ranges as well. And it's sort of changed my life having a toddler. Mm-hmm. Um, River, we got it for her for Christmas. So she's had it now, I don't know, for a couple of weeks. Um, and it's amazing because we made Christmas cookies and she could stand in her chef, mm-hmm. chef helper, her chef stand. Um, when I cook dinner, mm-hmm. she can stand up there and see what's going on. I mean, maybe this is bad mom parents. Parenting, but she actually sometimes stands in there and eats mm-hmm. because she doesn't want to yeah, sit. Yeah. It's like she wants to be standing up or feel like she's no, like involved in bad. things. Yeah. So she'll stand up there and eat. She'll eat her snacks. At first she was sort of afraid of it, and now she will go over to Loves it and it. tug it and be like, I just want to stand up there on the counter and feel like I'm part of – like I'm a grown-up. I can do like part of the thing. So mm-hmm. if you have a toddler – 
especially if you're like me, like if and when I'm cooking, it's just me. So there's no one to entertain mm-hmm. River. It's just an amazing tool for sort of occupying them and being able to spend time with them as well. So then you're not shooing them away. They can, mm-hmm. you know, you can talk to them Be while involved, you're doing stuff. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's so funny. I also got this idea from Ingrid. And I remember when I saw it at your house, I was like, oh, I just put my kids, like, throw them on the counter and then, like, try to, like, catch them if they fall off. This is a way safer idea than, like, putting them physically on top of the counter. So, yeah, I second that. It's a great idea. Check it out. Gosh, I'm so glad that I had that kind of impression. Look at you. That kind of impression on you. Should this have been your mom's board? I guess so. Well, you can take credit for it. Yeah. Okay. Testing, testing, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. In other news. Okay, our next news story, this is from the New York Times, um, and I'm pretty sure this is an op-ed piece, and the title is, I'm six weeks pregnant and I'm telling the world against the mandatory secret first trimester. So um, if you're a mom or you're pregnant, you'll know that a lot of people choose to wait until um, after they're 12 weeks pregnant to announce to friends, to family, um, to coworkers, to the workplace in general. And I, I, a lot of people, I think, do mm-hmm. it because that's the window in which miscarriages mm-hmm. are typically common, that 12-week window. I mean, there might be some other reasons. In fact, this article lists, uh, lists maybe some of the other reasons, but I think that's, that's a big one. Um, she says that she is going to go ahead and tell her workplace um, because she feels like um, it's necessary. You feel miserable frequently. Mm-hmm. You feel miserable during that first trimester. She wants to go ahead and let bosses know why she feels miserable. She feels like a sort of um, makes the stigma around pregnancy go away. Like you don't. Why should you have to? Why should you have to hide right. the mm-hmm. fact that you're not feeling well? Um, what do you guys think? Um, I love it. I wrote yes in all capital letters on the top of the article. I think it's great. You know, I think we've all been there, and especially with your first, you know, you're nervous, you're not really sure about these things, and your doctor tells you, like, you shouldn't, you know, you should wait until the 12 or 13-week appointment before you tell people. Um, Did your doctor tell you that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, really? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, But I get what she's saying, you know, the, the hiding it when you're out with your friends and, like, how to, like pretend like you're not and drinking she, and she or talks not about, drinking. Yeah, that you it. really miss a real opportunity to get support from people who have mm-hmm. been through that. Mm-hmm. By keeping it a secret, you're missing. I mean, it's hard. Those first couple of weeks is just, you're just a ball of emotions. And so if you're not able to share it with people, mm-hmm. you're really missing out on opportunities for people to support you and honestly make the process a little bit easier, in my opinion. So I kind of disagree because I have had friends who have told a little bit early and mm-hmm. then lost the baby. Mm-hmm. Which and is yes. Which is, you know, horrible in, in one sense just because obviously you lost your baby, but also because you kind of have to relive it every mm-hmm. time you see, see another somebody. person mm-hmm. because that person feels like they have to say something to you about mm-hmm. it. Like, oh, I'm so sorry. And it's like, okay, I like at this point I get it. Like, I know I told you, like, can we just move past this? Yeah. You're grieving. You've lost this child. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe that would have happened at 15 weeks. Who knows? Right, right. But maybe you're you're closing that window of opportunity mm-hmm. for more heartbreak if you wait a little bit longer. And personally, I, with both my pregnancies, I waited until 12 weeks to tell mm-hmm. pretty much everyone, like even our parents, maybe 9 to 12 weeks, mm-hmm. um, 10 or 12 weeks, I should say. And I'm, you know, I haven't ever lost a baby, but um, I, I, I kind of like to have that special time with just my husband and I 
to have that secret as mm-hmm. well. And it's it's just that. like this kind of like powerful thing to like yeah. no one else in the world knows this information except for you and the person who created this baby with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the things though that you bring up and, and she kind of talks about in this article is you know that kind of stigma around yeah. if you were to have a miscarriage which would be so unfortunate and, and to your point I, I agree I think sometimes it brings it back up but also then I feel like then you know if you if you don't tell anyone you do unfortunately have a miscarriage then it never gets talked about and I yeah. think that's another piece of this is you know we we all know people who have had miscarriages and sometimes you hear way years later after no. they do have their baby and then you just feel terrible that you weren't there for them when they were going through that time and I've never had a miscarriage so I don't know but I wonder if there is something to be said for being a little bit more open about that and then having people to be more supportive when you're going through that very very difficult and I 100% agree but I I just feel like putting it like on Facebook that you're five weeks pregnant is different than telling Mm -hmm. your close friends like obviously I would tell my close friends that I was pregnant but like I'm talking about like announcing announcing to the whole world world. that's when it's like then you're going to get a million texts Mm -hmm. from people or Mm -hmm. messages and maybe you want that I don't know Mm -hmm. like like you said like we have not lost babies so who are we to say what it's what is right and what is wrong well but. it's interesting this I so I wanted to look Betsy Cooper is the mm-hmm. author here and I wanted to look at her Twitter account because I mean she literally wrote a piece for the New York Times so it's not just putting it on Facebook or telling yeah. your yeah. close yeah. friends it's, it's like, like really going for it like yeah. really telling the whole world <laughs> and you know I looked as of today uh, she's still pregnant and mm-hmm. she doesn't regret uh, doesn't regret letting people know and she's gotten a lot of support hmm. on Twitter about it one last thing I think the other thing um, one of the things that's really unfortunate is I think a lot of women choose to hide their pregnancies at work maybe yeah. beyond that 12 weeks because right. they do not want the stigma of of seeming like um, that they shouldn't be up for a promotion or that they're not 100% engaged mm-hmm. in their career because, mm-hmm. oh, well, she's going to be going on maternity leave in nine right. months. Or, yeah. like, she's going to have a baby, so she's not, you know, she's not, really our number, she's yeah. not our number one person for the job, the promotion, whatever, the task, because, like, she's pregnant, mm-hmm. you know? And mm-hmm. so it's just really unfortunate that that's kind of the world we live in and probably another reason I'm guessing that a lot of people mm-hmm. hide their pregnancy but you know I think there there has to be a happy medium here like like you mentioned Ingrid mm-hmm. maybe you don't put it on Facebook maybe you don't tell your boss but certainly you can tell your friends and people your who sister. you wouldn't you know yeah. who you would want to have supporting you if, if you had if, a miscarriage if unfortunately you know if, yeah. if heaven forbid that did happen um, who, you know, you'd be able to have that conversation with as well and be able to be there for Yeah. But bottom line, you. do whatever you want Absolutely. to do. I mean, it's yeah. your baby. It's your body. If you want to tell the person the next day that you had a positive pregnancy test, even if it was mm-hmm. one pregnancy test, so what? Tell them. Yeah. Tell the world. Yeah, it's up to you. I, it's hard to hide it. I had a hard time hiding well, it. I mean, exciting. you guys obviously knew, I think, mm-hmm. before I was 12 weeks pregnant or, you know, after um, that period. Also, that period. I had to walk in and tell, speaking of telling your boss, I had to walk in and tell my boss, Oh, just so you know, I know Katie just told you you're pregnant. She's pregnant, and Ingrid just told you she's pregnant. I'm also pregnant, so you will now have three people in the same newsroom on maternity right. leave coming up that you'll That's have to find. Fill. Yeah, yeah. I was really nervous about that, which of course, fortunately, uh, our boss at the time was very understanding. Yeah, and, and, and you whatever. But, have but it was to be funny because I was like, "Sorry, yeah. one more is going out for three months. <laughs> Sorry." 
Okay, our final story of the day. This is a little bit different, and it's kind of fun. A local woman here where we live in Asheville, North Carolina, is making national headlines with her amazing weight loss story. Her name is Leah. She was 411 pounds. Wow. And now she's lost 180 pounds, but she's also kept it off for years now. So this is pretty amazing. This was in um, Women's Health Magazine. So that's pretty neat to have a local person in a national publication. She says at her highest weight of 411 pounds, she realized that she could not be left alone with her two young toddlers, which is so sad to hear. Mm -hmm. She says, I was unable to pick them up or chase after them in public. It was a safety issue at that point. I was really interested in weight loss surgery and had done a lot of research on bariatric surgery and I knew that losing the weight would be hard work, but I needed help. So she did. She lost 180 pounds. She's kept it off. And a lot of what this article is talking about is not only, um, you know, that amazing inspirational story, but also that I, it's a tip that I think a lot of folks can take away, even if you don't need to lose weight, is her diet secrets. She's discovered what she says is works for her and has always worked for her, this style of eating. It's the keto diet, which I'm not terribly familiar with, but apparently it focuses on high-fat and low-carb type of cooking. Um, and what's interesting to me is she, like, lists out what she eats. Mm-hmm. I love reading these types of articles. I'm like, what is she – what are they eating? Yeah, you know? right, right, yeah. Um, so a typical day for breakfast, she'll eat eggs. For lunch, a low-carb tortilla, a turkey wrap. Snacks, string cheese, which I love string cheese. Mm-hmm. For dinner, um, she says pan-seared ribeye. She can get them on sale and keep them in the freezer, serve them with roasted vegetables. Um, and she can eat them often, and she's still keeping the weight off. So um, she also swears by the sweetener. Do you know the sweetener? I don't. It's Do called you know what, Swerve, S-W-E-R-V-E. It's a sweetener that she makes sugar-free cookies and ice cream. Um, so anyways, this is pretty cool. She, she just goes into how, you know, she obviously got this weight loss surgery. She says it's not easy to make that decision and is not the cowardly way out. She said it's the hardest thing she's actually ever had to do. So shout out to Leah, our local, uh, women's health magazine highlight of the week. One of the things I thought, um, was really important is she talks about throughout her journey, she realized the biggest part of losing weight isn't physical. It's emotional, mental, and even spiritual, the changes that you have to go through. Um, Because I think realizing you have a problem and then committing to actually doing something about it is the hardest part. I mean, you can exercise and, 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 you know, worry about your weight loss or even get surgery. But if you're not committed to actually changing it, changing your diet and changing, like, your whole outlook, then forget about it. So good for her for identifying her problem and then going ahead and, like, tackling it Well, on. and I hate that she feels judged and, like, there's people who say, like, oh, it's cheating to get surgery. No. If if you no, need no. that one step to get you on the right path and to make you successful, do it. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's the bottom line here is you need to do whatever you need to do to get yourself healthy. And whatever that may be, whether it's the diet, whether it's the gym, whether it's surgery, whatever you need to do, you know, you have to kind of go through that journey and, and figure that out and go through that process yourself. And I'm just really happy that she's keeping it off and that she's able to play with her kids now and feels better mm-hmm. about every aspect of her life. And I do think I highlighted the same line that Katie said. You know, it isn't just food. It mm-hmm. isn't just, you know, it is so mental. I mean, think about all of us, you know, those times when you really don't want to work out and you really got to push yourself to do it or you really want another cookie and you've got to make yourself stop. You know, there's a lot that goes into it. Win of the week. Our very own Ingrid Alston. 
Katie, tell everybody why she's so amazing. Um, why okay, am I amazing? So I need to hear this. We've this been ta- I, mean, I think we talked about this in previous podcast episodes. Ingrid is doing Dancing with the Stars. With the local stars. The, okay. Star, <laughs> stars. They're just like us. Um, so she. So it's for, it's for charity, right? Yes. Okay. So you're raising some money for charity. <clears throat> Mountain Child Advocacy Center. Okay. Here in Western North Carolina, yes. right? Okay, so look them up um, if you're so interested. So the funny part is, is Ingrid's really been poo-pooing all of her um, dance practices, and I will admit, and I she been... act, makes it seem like she's like terrible. Yeah, so, I'm, I am. Which yeah. I kind of liked well, it then, better when I thought you were terrible. I'm not well, going to lie. Guess what? A little promo clip slips out into the social media world, and Katie and I get a glimpse at what you're really doing over there. Yeah, like what? I mean, she's like a star. She's perfect. She's amazing. Yeah, what? Like what? Is that really you in that ladies. video, right? It's really you in the uh, video. It only took you know four dance classes to learn that one move. Um, but thank you. Well, you look great. You Thanks. do look really great. Thanks, I mean, Steph. I could not imagine myself doing those moves and in high heels. Yeah, with special dancing shoes. I know. Yes. Katie was making fun of my dancing shoes. She's like, "You're wearing those with that." I was like, "Look, it's all I have. <laughs> Let's just go with it here. That's what I'm wearing. Um, sparkly no, shoes." We were really impressed. Thanks, guys. That's very sweet. Very so sweet. can't wait to see you really rock it. But you at know, the, at the big event, uh, put your money where your mouth is. Because oh, okay. I would love some donations from our viewers and from you guys. It's oh, all was, for charity. Mine was anonymous. I already gave it. Thousand bucks. You didn't it can't, see it? It can't be anonymous. <laughs> I was like, really? You're so much. <laughs> it can't, of it. Be okay. can't be anonymous. Can't be anonymous. Just kidding. Uh, no, we no, will. I would we love will. a thousand we will, bucks. We will surprise. Yeah. And we're yes. going to be in the front row. I would love any organizations, any dental offices, medical centers. What about you know, anchor moms? Chains. Would you like anchor moms? I would like podcasts to sponsor me. <laughs> Anyone who wants to, because it doesn't matter how well of a dancer you are. So does it's, the dancing it's... weigh in at all? Or well, is it totally I think there's two winners. Like you get the Mirabal trophy if you're a good dancer, I think. <laughs> okay. But the actual winner is like who raises the most money. I mean, there okay. are some big backers to some of these dancers. Like well, RBs I will say and like, like banks are like supporting You're competing these against like doctors and stuff, right? Well, you, yeah. And, and you have to keep in mind you work in the news business. Yeah, so people don't make a lot of money in the yeah. news business. But maybe if you're listening and you're rich, if you could help me, <laughs> you could help a girl okay, out. Okay, okay. Now we're just no, but money really, here. your dance was very impressive. <laughs> well, I watched very it good. three times just to be like, is this I know. the same? I you like, wait, been, this is our Ingrid downplaying like, this for weeks, rocking it, killing it. She Katie's did. just trying to make up for making fun of me the I other did. week. I did, I did make, and you got, you got mad. Ingrid got mad at me because I was teasing her about it. Next so. thing you know, you're gonna be on the real Dancing with the Stars, like the real one on like national TV. Yep. That's up next, We're looking ladies. forward to it. All right. Well, we hope you have a great week, and thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Anchor Moms. Bye-bye. Bye. Anchor Moms, the Thanks for listening. Okay, so I'm not going to talk. Just you talk right into the mic as close as you can. Mic check, mic check, mic check. No, I think you're good. I was getting nervous, and that's why I was, like, trying to look at it. Okay. Whoa, 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 whoa. Taking down the house. Uh